0: Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. It's so good to be with you today. We're going to be continuing our journey through parts of the uh, first bit of the book of Genesis. And I've just found my heart really uh, drawn and inspired by this pathway of study. Uh, Today we're going to be in Genesis 4, so if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up. If not, I'm going to read from the new Revised Standard. Uh, I'm going to read the first seven verses in Genesis 4. And then we're just going to kind of talk our way through the rest of the chapter but our conversation today will span essentially the whole fourth chapter in the book of genesis so to set the stage so far we have a good and beautiful creation Uh, we saw adam and eve come into the story we saw humanity move from dominion to receptivity, that Adam was lonely and had to be conquered, had to be put to sleep in order for true intimacy and companionship to come to him. And then after that beautiful beginning, things get weird. Uh, It's amazing to me that three chapters in to this huge story that starts so beautifully, we see humanity fall from grace. We see them have their eyes open we see shame enter the story we see hiding enter the story and the first question that god ever asks is where are you and i believe he asks us that question over and over again so that happens so soon and y'all if you wonder why things go weird and get hard as you live your own life i just want you to look at your bibles um, this story is A story about people and our tendency to get off track to miss the mark and so sin enters the story in genesis 3 and we we ended the the last bit with god creating permanent clothes to cover human shame humans create temporary clothes the fig leaf god kills an animal so the first living thing to die in our bibles was a sacrifice Uh, by God the hand of God to cover human shame and you don't have to be a biblical scholar to see in that a foreshadowing of Jesus as the spotless lamb who would be a sacrifice that would cover your human shame mine well now we pick up immediately on from that uh Genesis 4 and I'll read and then we'll pray and then we'll just jump in and spend a few minutes trying to think about murder um, tragically so early in the story Now the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain... And his offering, he had no regard. So Abel's offering was more pleasing to the Lord than Cain's. So Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now listen to what happens now. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help open up our eyes as we think about this very strange and very tragic story so early in our Bibles. We pray, God, that we would hold what happens next and not just think about these ancient relatives of ours, Lord, but I pray that we would think about our own lives. Give us grace to be open. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's fascinating to me that when the first humans, so this is a a story about humans, about the very earliest time where people were learning and working on how to live and how to be, they were working on how to be in relationship with God when things now are more complicated than they were in the very beginning. And it's so telling that when Cain feels that he didn't, when when he didn't feel as pleasing as his brother Abel, that Cain became angry. He lost uh, the the gaze upward. His countenance fell. And God notices that. And I just think about my, my own story and I think about all the times where I feel sorry for myself. I feel cagey. I feel uh, like, like someone has one-upped me or I've failed. Uh, I've not measured up. And It's so instructive that in this place, when this happens, quite literally, probably for the first time where someone felt slighted, felt angry, felt hurt, God notices, he sees it. And just like he did when he asked Adam and Eve, where are you? God asks this person, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And when we encounter anger, and I just want to say anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is what happens when your will is opposed. And in the, in the story of Cain, his will was to win. His will was to be pleasing to, to his father and to God. And when he wasn't, he became angry and God inquired after him. He said, why? Why? And as you seek and I seek, we seek to live our lives aware. And I believe that is the call of God on every one of us. He doesn't want you just to try to grimly do the right thing. He wants you to be aware of what's going on inside of you. We need to be able to answer the questions of God. And so for some of us today, God would put the same question to you that he put to Cain. Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? And I find it very interesting that God follows it up with this. If you do well, will you not be accepted? So God's saying to Cain, you're not disqualified. It's, it's not over. There's something that you could bring that maybe you've held back that would bring you into a place of peace. And then he says this, if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. But even there, it's not over. When we fall short, and we all do, when we fail, and we all do, uh, gosh, I feel like my life has been like a textbook in failure over the last couple of years. Even in those places where we have not done well, even when sin is lurking at the door, God says this, its desire is for you, but you must master it. You have a choice to turn your back on sin, to not give in. And I think in this instance, For Cain, and and I think I can say this for Cain because I feel it for myself, I believe that one of the things sin was trying to do and lurking at Cain's door was to make him feel sorry for himself and cause him to act out of a place of self-pity. I think some of the most hurtful stuff we do, now you may not be plotting to murder your sibling. But the anger and the gossip and the malice, the things we do that complicate and injure us in relationship oftentimes are born out of places of injury where we feel defensive, where we feel feelings of self-pity. And I think that's exactly what was happening to Cain. So it's very instructive that before Cain invites his brother Abel out into the field and murders him, and that's exactly what's about to happen, God sees it, God names it, God questions. And I want you to look at your life and consider your life. Before we take steps into avert sin, the Lord wants us to have ears to hear his curiosity and his questioning. He wants us to know that he longs for us to master, to choose, to not extend hospitality to feelings of wounding or self-pity that would lead us down roads of injury towards others and toward ourselves. And yet Cain blows through the roadblock. The very next verse is after God says, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out into the field. And when they were there in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So the first Act of violence was a brother killing a brother. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And that phrase has slid right into the popular parlance of vocabulary. Am I my brother's keeper? It's instructive for us to remember, lest we be tempted to use that phrase, that he, this was a phrase uttered by a man who was covering his own tracks. It's interesting to me when I think about Genesis 4 in light of Genesis 3 that when God questioned Adam and Eve, their first instinct was to be defensive and to become more vague and to blame. And here we see child doing what parent did. And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother, his blood is crying out to me from the ground. And so here at the very beginning, we see pain enter the human story in a whole new level and on a whole new level and a whole new way. Not only are humans now living with their eyes open, but humans now are living with the capability to lash out and wound and hurt one another. So as we consider the story of Abel and Cain, as we consider the first murder in our Bibles, I think it would be good for us to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Um, Where am I struggling to let God in? Where am I struggling to listen to the questions that God would pose to me about what's going on in my heart before I walk further down the road into a sinful act or committing a sin of relational violence? I believe the Lord would have us do some self-evaluation to look inside. The murder of Abel in our Bibles is a reminder to us that people who are close to one another can become impaired in relationship, that self-preservation and hurt feelings and self-pity can cause us to do and say things that we, we ought not do and say. And there's a price. There's a consequence. Uh, this... Sin on uh, Cain's part, in Cain's arena, carried with it consequences. He was driven further away from safe places, from friendship. Sin carries with it consequences. And yet what we're going to see as we walk through Genesis and as we frankly hold the arc of the Bible is that even in the brokenness, God is always calling after us. So my prayer for you today is that you would think about this first family and you would think about the places where Uh, God might be questioning you, even now. Might be trying to put some speed bumps in front of you, ask you to slow down. In East of Eden, John Steinbeck's best book, uh, in my um, opinion, uh, I believe it's maybe one of the best pieces of fiction ever written, Uh, the writers dance with the idea of... um, Sin is crouching at your door. Its desirous for you. You must master it. And this is midrash. It's uh, playful poetry with the words of the text. And yet the thrust of Steinbeck's book is that even in that, we have a choice. Thou mayest. Um, you have a choice about whether or not you will listen to what's crouching at your door or whether you will turn away from it. And I'm not going to get into Hebrew breaking words down here because I actually don't think that's what's being said explicitly in the text. But when I step back from this text, I do believe that the Lord was giving Cain a choice. He was saying, I see you and I'm giving you a choice to slow down and to listen to me, to the conviction of the Spirit. And I think he does the same thing for us. Will we have ears to hear when he poses questions to us that we may not want to hear? God bless you. Go in peace. I'll see you soon.